Today's sponsor for TFE is brought to you by Amazon's Audible.com service, who has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products. Get a free audiobook of your choice at www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio. Welcome everybody back to TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored, our fifth show, our fifth week for Saturday, November 28th, 2020. I'm your humble host and narrator, James Strength Navarro. This is the sign of the times, as you know that this is the title of this particular episode. And I hope that everybody's had a safe and productive weekend, a safe and productive week since we last spoke to you all. This is our first show of the fifth week under the TFE Radio Network. Of course, we have TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored, we have TFE Radio Trinidad, and we have TFE Radio Wrestling, which you can hear after this particular episode is over with. Thank you to everybody who has subscribed, shared, liked, downloaded, not in that particular order, of course, and all of those of you who have donated through our unique URLs with the PayPal, the Amazon's Audible service, which you hear at the top of the show before the show actually starts, and of course, throughout the uh, the commercial breaks. And I want to get into something very special that happened here tonight, and that was tonight, live from the Staples Center in Los Angeles, California, of course, in the United States, for those of you who are not familiar, which you should be familiar, obviously, by this point. Where have you been? But anyway, it was Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. in an exhibition, eight-round, two-minute-each fight. And I was thoroughly entertained. I enjoyed the entire pay-per-view, of course. There was, you know, a lot of... um musical performances from some of the today's rappers including french montana and yg saint john and of course my favorite performance of the night being that i'm old school well if you want to call him old school now i guess you could because he is an og in the game but the dog father himself snoop dog had his performance just before the jones and tyson fight and of course later a um, few minutes later they uh had Snoop Dogg joining um, the uh, Israel Adesante and um, Sugar Ray Leonard, boxing legend, and one of my favorites on commentary. It was good to see him. It was good to see him back after having left the WWE, the one and only Mauro Ranallo. He is the bipolar rock and roller, as he puts it, as he calls himself. But it was good to see him on commentary. He was the glue that held this entire commentary team together. And of course, you know, it's always good to see Sugar Ray, who looks like, as uh, Morrow put it at one point during the Jones and Tyson fight, he goes, you look like, or I believe it was afterwards, he said, you know, you look like you're 34, you know, as opposed to uh, 64. And he does look great, you know, and... Um, 
Israel really uh, provided that sort of mixed martial arts sort of, because you know, obviously mixed martial arts is a combination of all combat sports, wrestling, uh, jujitsu, um, and wrestling and, and, and boxing and what, so it was good to see him on commentary and Moro being the glue that held this commentary commentating team together and i gotta give it up to the dog father snoop dog man he really really was the most entertaining the most entertaining uh, aspect of the commentary team he really was i mean they all took it seriously but snoop provided that sort of comedic but real sort of you know smooth insight to the boxing game and it's really cool to see that he was getting his praise here tonight because immediately as the fight was over, you saw um, on social media, Snoop was getting a lot of praise and a lot of thanks for his contributions to tonight's uh, efforts. Uh, it was a very interesting pay-per-view. Of course, the uh, fight that happened just before the, uh, the Jones and Tyson fight and the performance by Snoop and um, St. John before that was uh, the... Uh, Jake Paul and Nate Robinson fight which already the memes have hit the internet of course just as I'm about to hit record on this particular show this episode and do this review the memes have hit the internet already Nate Robinson he got knocked out hard Jake Paul is he is a he's a bit of an experienced fighter you know Nate Robinson is a, an NBA star a former NBA star you know three-time dunk champion and he looked great in there I'm not gonna lie Nate looked amazing he looked like he, he was a fighter you know he looked he had a he had a, a thick build you know he had uh, uh, he, he had the boxers look on him the boxers poker face but he um, he got knocked out and and Jake Paul you know, he looks good. He looks like he's a fighter. He looks like he, he's only 23 years old. And I think Nate is, uh, I think they said that he was like 35, 36 years old. For him to get in there as it is, takes enough guts. But I was really entertained by this fight. But I mean, Jake Paul was just too much for him. You know, Jake Paul is a, is a, is a YouTuber. I'm not totally familiar with his... Um, with his his um i i know of the name i know of him but i do not know him obviously personally and i don't know the uh the particulars of what he does on youtube but uh you know he has already won fight under his belt before coming into tonight's bout and he did in fact uh win his second fight and he says at the end there with a uh, boxing legend commentator and announcer jim gray hall of famer that you know he wants to do this he takes this seriously he wants to get in there and he wants uh, a basically has a bucket list of people who he wants to get in the ring with. And one of those interesting names was um, Conor McGregor. So it was good to see that after the, the knockout there because... You know, he lit and he gave thanks and praise to Nate. And you know, that he, you know, he, he's, he's, uh, you know, he's a sports star. He's a sports legend. He's in there and he's fighting me and whatever. Like he gave up his praise. I'm just paraphrasing what he said, but it was good to see that Jake was very, uh, very humble. And I'm sure that his fans, his supporters, the people who support him on his, on his social media platforms and his, uh, his YouTube channel, of course, were very happy to see the outcome that Jake came away with a victory over a decisive victory, mind you, over Nate Robinson. But let's get to the Tyson Jones fight. Tyson and Jones, first of all, you know, obviously, they always pushed the idea that this was, you know, Mike Tyson's legends only league that he had started. And this was the first of many hopeful fights that come about. And Tyson, 
as we know, months ago when it was announced that he had said in one of those those videos where he was training that I'm back. I said, oh shit, this is going to spell trouble. But of course, this is coming into uh, the day and age where, like they said at the end of the fight, that you know we needed something like this. We needed something that would entertain the people. And it was all for charity. It was all for 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 uh, for good fun, and also they did take it seriously, and it was good because they were our good friends, and they are you know they weren't getting in there to spar. This was they said it was an exhibition sparring to have. Like like Israel said on commentating, he's like, I don't know nothing about this exhibition stuff because they're going to go in and try to hurt each other. And Mike went in there like he was about to pound out Roy. And Mike looks in incredible shape. He looks like he can get in there right now and he can mix it up with the best of them, the best of the best, you know, uh, just... He looks in phenomenal shape. And of course, if you've been watching him on his social media like I have, I follow him on Instagram, for example. And that's where I first saw the video uh, initially that he said that he was coming out of retirement and he was back. And just the, he just looked like the Mike Tyson of old. And when he got in the ring tonight, you know, he had... Um, he had the uh, the kulfi on his head, and he had the. I I didn't see the towel. I didn't see the towel. I saw that he had the uh, the sort of wrap around, uh, the wrap over shirt, um, and you know he had the um, the the old school black trunks, the old black school, the old um, uh, old school black um, boots, and the black gloves. And he got in there, and he looked like he looked like Mike Tyson of old, like focused and ready to kick some ass. And, you know, he's still got that build. He, he, he's, he really whipped himself into shape. His trainers and everybody that did sparring and, 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 and did the, uh, the, the, the calisthenics and all the, the endurance training and the footwork and everything with them. Mike looks phenomenal. He looks like he can get in there, like I said, and whoop some ass. And I, you know, I've always been a Mike Tyson fan. Muhammad Ali was always my favorite boxer of all time, and he still is. And of course, I would say, like, I, like I've said before, with when it comes to lists, and and if I have to pick and choose, it will always be like sort of like Mike Tyson, like I mentioned with the rappers last week, or or, or the artists like Madonna, Michael Jackson, and Prince. I always said I can never say that one was one and one was two. Mike, I would say, is like one A, and Muhammad Ali is like one. So it's like one and then one A. So one would be Muhammad Ali. One A would be Mike Tyson. Mike was a beast in that ring in his time. And he looked like a beast tonight. And Roy Jones, you know, he's a little bit more heavier. He's a little bit more older. You know, he... It's crazy to think that his last fight was three years ago and he looked more gassed in this match and this bout and this fight than Tyson did. Tyson hadn't had a fight in 15 years and Tyson looked like he could get in there like he got in there like yesterday and he just got in there and he took it seriously and of course Roy took it seriously but you could see the spark in Roy and his in his movements you know he was doing his his uh, his trademark you know duck and duck and dodge and hit and move type of uh, you know in and out you know throw that no look jab that no look pass that no no look pass <laughs> different sport different time that no look um, 
that no-look jab, that no-look punch. And, you know, he caught Tyson a couple of times, but, man, Tyson's footwork. And, you know, Tyson is famous for the in-and-out, the bob and weave, and, you know, the, the right hook and then the uppercut. Oh, he caught Roy at one point, and I said, oh, my God, he just he just knocked him out. And you could tell Roy was gassed. You could tell that... Um, <clears throat> um, you could tell that Roy was, in fact, uh, he was he was gassed. He was gassed out. He was he was just he was sucking wind. <clears throat> Excuse me. I know it's unprofessional to be clearing your throat on the podcast, but whatever. Um, Tyson looked like at one point, like if you go by round by round. He had to sit down, but at one point he did not. I think the first round, because remember, every round was two uh, was two minutes, as Tyson said at the end of the fight with Jim Gray uh, on the stage there with Roy Jones. He's used to fighting three minutes per round, but the two minutes tonight felt like a three round, like three minutes. But Tyson, you know, he adapted, and so does uh, Roy Jones. But you could see that. Mike did not want to sit down. Mike was like, I always think that with Mike, he always looks like to me, he is, obviously you have emotion when you fight, you know, I always look at like, Mike is a type of person that he'll fight you, but until you, you actually hit him, he'll get pissed off and knock your fucking ass out. Like he, he looks like that kind of street fighter, like me, uh, you know. I, I've been in street fights myself and I've gotten pissed off if somebody even connects with me and I've knocked them out. You know, I'm not saying like I'm Mike Tyson, obviously, but I always looked at Tyson as being that like very ferocious, very take no prisoners, no mercy. As he says, the gods of war summoned him to do this fight, to come out of retirement and to kick some ass. And I think he whooped Roy Jones's ass, but Roy looked good in there still, despite, you know, the obviously the age, you know, the, the, um, the inactivity. I mean, again, he hasn't boxed in three years. Mike hasn't boxed in 15 years, and Mike looked better in the ring physically and skill-wise and performance-wise than Roy did. So that just goes to show you the testament of how amazing and how great and how legendary Mike has always been in that ring. And Roy, though, Roy did put on a show. Roy did get in there. He did mix it up. You know, as he said in the... Uh, the promo packages from before, they asked him, you know, would you fight Mike? And he was like, no. <laughs> but he was like, he goes, he gave it a second thought. He was like, it's Mike Tyson. Of course, I'm going to get in there. You know, I'm, I'm going to get in there to share the ring with Mike, with the great Iron Mike Tyson. He said, yes, I'm going to do it. And I'm glad that he did. It was good to see, because I didn't get a chance to see Roy's last fight. And it was good to see Roy in there. Again, like I said, he's a little bit heavier. He's a bit more ticker. But he... Um, he looked good. He looked good for what it was worth. Of course, it's not the, the, the same two gentlemen we saw that were was terrorizing the boxing world back then, you know, in their in their uh, respective um, heydays. But Tyson, you know, he, he looks like he, you know, he was asked the question by Jim Gray at the end of the fight. And again, I'll get to uh, the rest of the fight and what the decision was for those of you who did not watch the fight on pay-per-view. Um, he was asked, would you ever do this? Jim Gray had asked him, would you ever do this uh, if you can get licensed and do it you know, professionally again, full time? And Mike said, no, I'm going to be just doing this 
he said, no, flat out, I'm going to, no, I'm not going to be doing this. I'm going to be doing this for charity, for a good cause, and this, that, and the third, or whatever. But I think, you know, as we know in boxing, as we know in wrestling, as we know in mixed martial arts, as we know in anything, music, all forms of entertainment, politics, whatever a case may be, you never say never. You never say never. Even in, in, in your personal life, you never say never. And I think Mike will eventually get back in that ring professionally. And I think he probably has at least a good couple fights left in him. I say couple of good fights left in him. You know, it would be pretty phenomenal. And it would be breaking the box office to see him get into the ring professionally, non-exhibition, and getting in there and mixing it up with whoever is out there that will take to the ring, in this case, take to the streets with Mike in that ring. Um, it would break the box office for sure. I think if Roy could get himself into tip-top condition as he was and get a drop a few pounds, and he, I would say he would have at least another fight or two, at least another fight or two. Um, but yeah, I think Mike definitely will get in that ring again. You know, the last time I had seen Mike before he got into doing the training for this, which we we will, we will would eventually find out it was going to be for this fight, this exhibition fight with Roy, Um you know, a bit of a side note here, he had actually mixed it up and was a part of AEW Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling's um, uh, television show in which he got into an altercation in which they were, it looked like they were almost trying to rekindle the Mike Tyson, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, WWF Attitude Era 98 uh, sort of mix up, uh, how they got mixed up in the ring there and they were shoving match and all hell had broken loose and Austin wanted to, you know, had shoved uh, excuse me, Tyson had shoved Austin and then uh, Austin shoved back and then they, they got into a, a big uh, kerfuffle, so to speak. And so that was the last time I saw Tyson before I started seeing these videos coming out on the social media of him preparing to make a comeback to the ring. He was involved in wrestling and all elite wrestling. And I don't know if they're actually going to do anything later on with Jericho and Tyson, but we'll see. But Tyson is definitely focused on his Legends Only League. Uh, I'm very interested in seeing what happens with this league and what other type of um, exhibition fights or whatever type of like serious fights, because there was some serious fights on the on the card. And I will get to some of those real quick before I get back to the main event, which we were all drawn to seeing. Now, of course, as I mentioned, this was in the in the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And it was officially, sanctu officially sanctioned by the California State Athletic Commission. And the host of the, uh, the, the night was Mario Lopez from Saved by the Bell and uh, Dancing with the Stars and some of the other um, uh, 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 shows and stuff that he's been on, entertainment shows and entertainment, uh, uh, you know, uh, programming. Um the actual fight card, though, goes as follows. Uh, there was a um, there was a couple of title bouts that was on the card, and I will get to those in a second. Uh, there was a very entertaining, and I'm trying to actually find it. I think it might have actually been this, but I'm not sure. Yes, uh, this was actually on the first hour of the pay-per-view, the free hour. Um, I believe this was just before the pay-per-view actually hit the air because I watched right from the beginning. Uh, this was for the featherweight title, the WBC USNBC featherweight title. Edward Edward Vasquez defeated Irv, uh, Irvin Gonzalez Jr. And that was 
a eight round fight and it was for the featherweight title that fight I was very thoroughly entertained. These two gentlemen, they really put on a real good show and they really kicked things off for the night that would be a pretty uh, legendary, historic, entertaining night. Uh, so I won't go uh, round by round and what happened in each fight. I'll just give you the results as quickly as I can so we can get back to the main event and my thoughts and then we can close off the segment and move on to the next segment that's coming up in this particular episode of TFE Radio on Cut and Uncensored. Then there was the light heavyweight. Uh, there was the WBC USNBC silver light, lightweight title match between Jermaine uh, Ortiz defeating Solomon Segagawa. Excuse me. Uh, that was a TKO in seven the seventh round. Uh, excuse me. To go backwards, the featherweight title match ended in a split decision. Uh, again, Ortiz has uh, defeated in a TKO in the seventh round, Segagawa. Then we move on to the light heavyweight. The light heavyweight, um, excuse me, one second here. I just got to make sure I'm not giving you the wrong information here. The, yes, the light heavyweight uh, fight um, in a unanimous decision in the eighth round, Badu Jack defeated Blake McKernan. That was a pretty entertaining fight as well. And of course, I mentioned already in the cruiserweight champ, uh, cruiserweight fight, no championship involved here. In a second round KO, Jake Paul defeated Nate Robinson. And then we get to, of course, the main event, as I'm going to now finally tell you, who won in a split decision. It ended in a draw. Mike Tyson and Roy Jones Jr. ended in a draw. And Jim Gray had given the results when he had both gentlemen on the stage for the uh, the aftermath interview. And Mike said, you know, I'm good with a draw. Uh, <laughs> and Roy Jones, very entertaining on the mic, says, you know, he goes... Hey, when Jim asked me, are you okay with the draw? He's like, hell no, I ain't okay with a draw. He goes, I wear draws, you know. <laughs> so... He goes, but uh, he goes, you know, he'll take it. Uh, if I really had to score this fight and who really won, of course, it, you know, Mike won. Mike won by far. Mike caught Roy a few times. Roy was tying up Mike as fast and as much as possible. He was not letting Tyson get in there with his combinations and his deadly maneuvers, his deadly bob and weave, right hook and under, uh, you know, uppercut combination that he's been infamous for, uh, or excuse me, in, infamous and famous for. Um, I, I just I really think that Tyson did win this, but again it was an exhibition fight, so it's all it's all good, it's all love and uh, love and fun at the end of the day. But it was a very entertaining fight. Tyson, he looked like he could really go, and he says something that was very interesting at the end there too in that interview with Jim Gray on the stage there with Roy. Uh, you know he, uh, you know he he said that like you know I I'm used to going those, as I mentioned earlier, he's used to going those three minutes for every round and usually he goes, you know, like knockouts don't mean nothing. Not knockouts don't mean anything. It's about going the distance. He's like, I proved tonight that I was able to go the distance and go eight rounds. Because, you know, usually Tyson's fights would end pretty early because he would knock motherfuckers out. But here Tyson really showed what he could do going the distance. Yet it was, yes, it was an exhibition fight. Yes, it was two minutes each. 
you know, those two minutes went by pretty quickly. They gave us, the audience, the viewing audience, and the supporters of both gentlemen, 16 minutes, you know, and it was an entertaining 16 minutes. And Mike could go the distance. If you add that extra minute on there or an extra couple of minutes in there for each round, I'm sure Mike could you know, good, could squeeze out a good like four, maybe five rounds at most if he was to go the distance, if he was to get professionally sanctioned as a boxer once again, and he got in there at least for another fight or two against somebody of, a, you know, of, of current, um, in a, uh, current activity. Uh, but anyhow, it was good to see both gentlemen, you know, showing each other the respect and the love that they both uh, should have given each other to, from the beginning, which they did. But, uh, they, you know, they got in there. You could tell that Mike really has that competitive spirit once again. You know, as we know, Mike walked away from the business when he just felt like he had nothing left for it. and He wasn't passionate about it anymore. He had already been the two-time world champ. So, I mean, when he walked away, he walked away on his own accord. So, he came back and he definitely came back and put on a great show for us um you know and of course it uh it was jam-packed night full of uh entertaining moments and the music uh, i'm not a fan of the music that i heard tonight i'm not a fan of some of these artists but i mean you could see that they have that appeal with the uh, the millennials and some of the younger f uh people that are uh, into the music that, you know, St. John and French Montana and YG and, you know, whoever else. I think they said that Little Wayne was supposed to be on the card performing. I don't think I saw Little Wayne at all because I re I just watched the replay of the last couple of fights. Uh, basically, it was about a, maybe just under two hours into the actual pay-per-view. So I just wanted to just... Uh, brush up a little bit real quick on some of my notes and see if I missed anything because you know the, the replay comes pretty quickly for me when I how I'm able to obtain it so I don't think I saw Little Wayne performing at all um, but I obviously I did see Snoop Dogg's performance and I think Snoop's performance because again like I said he's he's the dog father he's the old school he's he's the legend so I'm more rocked out with his um, his performance and, uh, you know, obviously you can't help but to sing along and, you know, shake your ass a little bit when you're watching and seeing Snoop, you know, uh, perform some of his classic cuts from some of his most classic albums. Um, and when he was on commentary, you know, give it up to him, man. He really was entertaining and he was like, <laughs> you know, he, he really was saying like, you know, uh, a lot of funny things is like my two uncles fighting at the barbecue and he's like grandma they fighting again you know and like he just he was really funny with some of the stuff that he said but it was i, I hope that snoop sort of gets on commentary a lot more and 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 um he brings that sort of very like i would say totally comedic i mean he is comedic in his 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 approach to the game and and calling boxing but i he does have some insight in there and he does talk the serious talk about the sweet science of boxing so uh snoop has a, a bit of a future when it comes to broadcasting in the boxing world so we'll see what snoop ends up doing uh he was the star of tonight i think and when it comes to the commentating uh mike tyson I think he was the star overall of this night. I think this is why a lot of us wanted to watch this fight was because Tyson was getting back in there for the first time in 15 years and he did not disappoint. And I was quite happy with the pay-per-view. I mean, it was what it was. You know, this is a Legends League only uh, pay-per-view. Uh, this whole card, the undercard did really well. They all worked really hard. Uh, Jake Paul really showed me something there. He wasn't just, you know, a YouTuber. He's actually a fighter. And I was, I, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does 
and of course weed maps was a um a sponsor of this show and of course you know that there cracks about it it was always good to see sugar ray leonard of course it was good to see israel as uh on the uh the commentating and uh, i just i had a i had a good time watching this and i was excited like a lot of us to watch this 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 uh this this spectacle so to speak um i know that they were sanitizing if you didn't catch this for, for some of you that did watch the pay-per-view they were sanitizing you could see in the background uh between each fights and they were using like these big look like big spray bottles and sanitizing down the ring and just wiping everything down and so they were keeping the social distancing and the and, and even the fighters came out with some of their masks on including tyson and um and uh, Roy Jones, and and it was good to see that they were keeping up with protocols and stuff like that, and making sure that everybody is clean and clear, and nobody's catching the virus or or or, or going to be prone to catching the virus. But it was good to see that um, you know with today's uh, situation happening with the pandemic, that they were still able to give you the idea that yes, while we're putting on a show, we're still keeping it safe, we're still keeping it very breezy around this bitch, and you know. The pay-per-view went off the air without a hitch. Everything was good. And uh, yeah, so if you haven't gotten a chance to see the Jones-Tyson, Tyson-Jones fight and the whole pay-per-view, make sure you get your hands on that to get your eyes on it and uh, just throw back some popcorn and a drink of your your choice and really watch two legends get in there and uh, just, you know suspend all disbelief because again this is not uh these gentlemen in their prime from back in the day but it was a very entertaining fight uh like i said jones really did not want to mix it up with tyson and eventually as tyson you know he's still throwing those combinations and still trying to you know go for that knockout he uh he really showed some real good cardio in there he really showed that he could go the distance as he had mentioned earlier but i think that's it i think that's all um It's going to be very entertaining and interesting to see what happens next when these gentlemen uh, maybe might square off again because Tyson even said, he goes, we got to do this again. And uh, Roy Jones said at the end there with Jim Gray in that interview on the stage with Tyson, he's like, you know, uh, you know, if if I'm going to talk to my family and if they like what they saw, I'm going to get in there and do it again. And, you know, he's like, he was referring to his, I think he said he had a, a 12 pack he says like, I, I need to get back to a six pack <laughs> but like i said you know tyson is 54 years old roy is 51 years old but you could never tell that the way that they were building up for this fight and how they got in there and like i said man i'm mesmerized by how tyson just looked incredible not just for his age but just because he hadn't been in the ring in 15 years and you know that he is a gifted athlete we always knew that but he is a gifted athlete from the place that i come from the hood and he is from the hood and snoop really hit it on the head during the uh the pre uh the the pre-fight commentary before the actual fight started that you know mike represented the hood and we always supported and loved him through his good times his bad times and his comeback you know he made us realize and believe that if you 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 put your mind and heart and body and soul into it that you can come from the hood and come from nothing and you know end up as something and someone so uh it's it's always good to see uh somebody from the hood such as myself or such as mike tyson excuse me that gets in there and can show that he is really that damn gifted he can get in there and he can kick some ass even to this day 
I, I just I would give anything just to see Mike just knock out somebody in that ring, a formidable formidable opponent, of course, not somebody with a, with um you know with a glass jaw. I want to see somebody get in there that could really mix it up and 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 give Tyson give the Iron Mike Tyson legend a uh, a run for their money. So I would like to see what's up and see uh, if Tyson will eventually step into the ring full time or at least. Uh, you know, get in there for a good few fights professionally, uh, non-exhibition, and we'll see what happens. So anyway, that's it. That's your Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. boxing review and results and review. This is the first time I'm covering anything boxing-wise on this show, and hopefully this is going to be the first of many eventually to come down the line. We'll be back after these messages. A word from our sponsor. This is TFV Radio Uncut and Uncensored, our fifth show our fifth week for saturday november 28th 2020 we'll be back after these messages a word from our sponsor amazon's audible service is offering our listeners a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership just go to www.audibletrial.com slash tfe radio and choose from over 180,000 audio programs download a title free and start listening it's that easy go to www.audibletrial.com slash tfe radio that's www.audibletrial.com slash tfe radio and get started today And welcome back, everybody, to TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored, our fifth episode, our second segment. And we start off with some sad news as three days ago, Diego Armando Maradona passed away. Yes, Maradona has passed away. He passed away on November 25th. He was an Argentine professional football player and manager. He was widely regarded as one of the greatest players of all time. And he was one of the two joint winners of the FIFA Player of the 20th Century Award. Maradona's skill set and his play, his exciting, charismatic just presence on that soccer field uh, will be sorely missed. It's unfortunate that he has passed away. Um, it's It's been a sort of, um, again, I will get to the wrestling uh, talk at the end of... Um, uh, at the end of this episode, and of course, the TV Radio Trinidad episode, where I will get into uh, another death that happened in the wrestling business. But, uh, you know, they always say that, that deaths happen in threes. Uh, Maradona was one of the best ever to play and one of the most um, highly sought after commodities in the business. Every team would have killed to have him. It's unfortunate that he has passed away. Um, he... Um, a brief history about what had happened with uh, Maradona's. Uh, you know his track record. You know his uh, his resume. Uh, but he was one of the greatest, if not arguably the greatest soccer player of all time. Or as they say, football player. Um, I will give you just, this is coming from uh, Wikipedia. Okay, this is just the best and fastest source. I can give you uh, the information in which uh, I can give you some background about Maradona's health and his ultimate untimely death. I wasn't uh, privy to the fact that he might have been sick or there was something going on with him. I just, uh, like many of us, once we see the the end of a legendary career, you just sort of try to keep in touch by social media or try to, um, 
you know, keep tabs on them and see what they're up to. So, to, you know, basically give them their flowers while they're still here, so to speak. On November 2nd, 2020 of this year, Maradona was admitted to a hospital in La Plata, supposedly for psychological reasons. A representative of the ex-footballer said his condition was not serious. A day later, he underwent emergency brain surgery to treat a subdural hematoma. He was released on the 12th of November after successful surgery and was supervised by doctors as an outpatient. On the 25th of November, 2020, at the age of 60, Maradona suffered a cardiac arrest and died at his home in Dequique, Lujan, Buenos Aires, province of Argentina. Maradona's coffin draped in Argentina's national flag and three Maradona number 10 jerseys was lying in state at the presidential palace the the casa rosada with mourners filing past his coffin on november 22nd excuse me november 26th which was two days ago maradona's wake which was attended by tens of thousands of people was cut short by his family as his coffin was relocated from the rotunda of the presidential palace after fans took over an inner courtyard and also clashed with police the same day, a private funeral service was held and Maradona was buried next to his parents at the Jardin de Bella Vista Cemetery in Bella Vista, Buenos Aires. Um, unfortunately, it's, uh, his funeral was met with a bit of um, controversy there, as you know, but uh, the, he has been laid to rest and we, um, we give our thoughts and prayers to his family, his friends, his supporters, his um, his contemporaries, the people that he worked with. And it is unfortunate that he is no longer with us. Um, in a statement on social media, the Argentine Football Association expressed its deepest sorrow for the death of our legend, adding, you will always be in our hearts. President Alberto Fernandez announced it announced three days of national mourning uefa and con c-o-n-m-e-b-o-l announced every match in the champions league europea league copa laborator days excuse me my pronunciation is terrible right now and copa suda americana would hold a moment of silence prior to kickoff and Boca Juniors game was was postponed in respect to Maradona and so on and so forth. Uh, it is unfortunate that we have lost yet another legend in sports and my condolences once again go out to Maradona, his family, his friends, supporters, fans and we will hopefully see uh, what will happen next in the football business and soccer and there will never be another Maradona. I, I had the privilege, like many of you, to watch a number of, of his games, and he was incredibly exciting. He was, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of people that watch these 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 soccer games in these big stadiums, and his energy and the way that he just brought a presence to that field, and every time he uh, he was on that field and he was in control, it was like magic. You know, he was truly a legend on top of his game. Nobody was better than him. I don't think there ever will be. I, actually, I don't think. I know that there will never be anyone 
better than Maradona. Just his name alone. You know, he was known as Diego Maradona, but he was known to the world as Maradona. And that's how I came to know him. I was like, yo, is this guy? You know, he sounds, you know, the name sounds familiar. And then when I looked him up and I saw the, the, the his games and I got into it more and more and I got into, you know, his his style and just how he was as a, as a, a teammate and as an individual star. I was like, man, this guy is... He is definitely something special. He has lived up to all the hype that I have heard about up until that point. Because again, I didn't, I, I had lost track of soccer a long time ago. You know, when I have so many interests, it's difficult to sort of keep pace with everything that's out there. You know, I, I'm a, I'm a pop culture junkie, especially when it comes to the '80s and, you know, some things of the '90s, especially the '80s, but some things of the '90s and certain things that I love, like. And you'll hear it um, if you haven't heard it already in some of the shows that I talk about. You know, of course, you know, I've got the shows about Trinidad, which I'm very passionate about the motherland. It's my bloodline. It's what I am. I'm Trinidadian. You know, wrestling is another thing that I've always grown up loving. You know, you hear me talk more about the 80s and all things under the 80s banner. And you'll hear me talk about the original Nintendo Entertainment System and trading cards and, you know... um, rap hip-hop r&b some r&b because i can't listen to it because i'll start crying and boohooing all over the place you know soca chutney calypso dance hall reggae you know um i'm into a lot of different cool things i'm into horror movies i'm into everything all the cool stuff that makes me a complete fucking geek but i still love it i'm an admitted geek and i had lost track of of soccer but when i saw maradona playing again i was like man I go, it's good to see him doing his thing and really just, I wouldn't say controlling, but he was dominating the business of soccer. And of course, there were some other standouts, you know, there as well. And, you know, I've always been, um, I've always been very fascinated by David Beckham and the way that he used to play and, uh, excuse me, the way that he plays or used to play, whatever have you now. Um, but uh, he, he, um, he, he's one of those guys that I really enjoyed watching as well as uh, Maradona. But uh, I can't say enough. Uh, Maradona's loss is going to be hugely, hugely, a big, big impactful as it is already for soccer. And when finally, when everybody comes back into the stadiums and the droves and droves of people come back to watch football, a.k.a. soccer, uh, you know, Maradona's presence is going to be absolutely missed. It will be an emotional night. The first time out that you have a stadium full of hundreds of thousands of people and they uh, do a moment of silence for Maradona and flash, you know, on the screen his his um, his image and his likeness and his jersey, his number, um, and just basically all the accolades. And he is a true Blue Hall of Famer and uh, he will be sorely missed. Um, but anyhow... Uh, you know, it's it's just it's really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, for a guy who was so exciting, of all things to take him out was going into cardiac arrest, you know, because he was all heart, man. He was all heart. He was all heart. He was all skill. And he was just a genius on that field. You see, I'm doing audio, so I can't show you or, 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 or give you any kind of examples uh, physically uh, on camera because we're not filming this for camera right now we're 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 recording this for audio i could show you some of the moves that he did on that field i could show you some of the 
just genius maneuvers and just the genius ways that he would be a defensive and offensive player. He's considered one of the best, if not the best of all time, but you could only just sort of go off of what I'm telling you by the way of my voice for the moment. But um, may he rest in an eternal paradise. Diego Maradona. He'll be sorely missed. We'll be back after these messages. A word from our sponsor, TFE Radio, on Cut and Uncensored, Episode 5. We'll be back after these messages. Why Amazon's Audible? Amazon's Audible content includes more than 180,000 audio programs from the leading audiobook publishers, broadcasters, entertainers, magazine and newspaper publishers, and business information providers. Be sure to use our unique URL at www.audibletrial.com slash TFE radio to get started today. And we are back here for our third and final segment of TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored, Episode 5 for Saturday, November 28th, 2020. I'm your humble host and narrator, James Strength Navarro. I wanted to get to a couple of things, including our segments that we are now doing weekly, which is which would which would you prefer, and Food for Thought. Uh, food for Thought is going to be a little bit of a shorter one this week, and uh, which would you prefer I'm going to get to right now. Hope that you're enjoying the show thus far, and I hope that you enjoy uh, hearing us throughout our network and all our other shows. But let's get to which would you prefer. This one, I speak from experience when it comes to this particular question. I ask all of you, what would you prefer? Which would you prefer? More accurately, which would you prefer? Live in a rundown apartment or live with people that treat you bad? I know which one I would choose because I'm I've I'm living it right now. I would and do live in a rundown apartment, or at least I give or take how they've fixed it up now. I mean again, as I've been told and as you know and as I've already figured out that you can only shine a piece of shit before you realize it's a piece of shit at the end of the day still. Um I've had many people treat me badly and some people that you would be surprised surprised and shocked at that have treated me badly. Uh, my story is a unique story. Uh, my unique story also comes with a lot of familiarity that a lot of you would be very gravitated towards. Again, it's stuff that I will eventually get to throughout the longevity of this show and other shows under the network. But I would prefer to live in a rundown apartment because like I've, I've done, I have turned it around I turned my life around first and foremost. I fixed myself and then I eventually fixed the rundown apartment building that I'm in, uh, excuse me, apartment that I'm in and everything else worked itself out with, you know, changing and interchangeable management coming in and fixing everything. Uh, myself though, I had to work on myself before I could focus on fixing my living space. As long as I had a living space, I was good and I have been good and I've been able to fix up my living space and make it basically my man cave and my safe haven despite where I actually live and the area I live and um, just the rundown nature of the building being an old building with, uh, you know, slumlord um, mentality and, and approach to everything and the interchanging management and just some of the people that are in the building that bring down the building overall. So it's a combination of things. It's the slumlord, it's the nasty habits of the slumlord, it's the nasty habits of the people, some that are let in here, uh, some of which are people who don't work and just, you know, are lazy and collecting off of the government. 
and don't want to work and just drinking himself into a stupor into early death or early grave but uh, it's a very quiet place now for the most part and i'm able to to um to do what i have to do work wise and and um you know do my hustles and my businesses and whatever i i can do um and you know from time to time um you know you have those reminders of where you live but i would rather live in a rundown building as i have been than dealing with people who have treated me badly because i have had experiences with people who have treated me so badly despite how humble and how helpful and how i'm allowed myself to be used as a um as a, a scapegoat and as a uh i would say like a six foot two light-skinned trinidadian version male version of cinderella you know, I was literally treated that way. But again, as time goes on, I will get into all of that. Um, you know, the reason that I am so aggressive is because I'm so sensitive and sensitive because of some of the people that I, you would never think would ever turn on you have turned on me. I've been threatened by family. I've been like, I've been through the gamut of shit and I know what it's like to be literally buried underneath somebody's house thinking that they were there to help me and they were really were not. It was just to help um, with shit that they're ignoring, like their debts or, you know, their collectors and people coming after them. So it's a long story. It's a long group of stories that I will eventually get to. And uh, just hold on one second, please. My apologies for that. Anyway, I had to uh, just go and adjust something here in the audio. Um, I know what it's like to live with people who do not treat you well. I know what it's like to help people who ultimately do not treat you well. I know what it's like to help, to live, to provide for people. Um, I had a lot of my my life and my childhood, my teenage years robbed from me because of taking care of people, taking care of uh, and trying to be the good son and the, the good um, nephew or the good cousin or the good brother or what have you. So I would rather choose, and I'm going to give you my answer like I usually do with these segments. I'll tell you straight up, I would rather live in a rundown apartment. As long as you have a roof over your head, you're able to pay the rent. You're able to pay whatever uh, that you need to in order to survive, including food, of course. As long as you have a roof over your head, you can make the best of anything. I've become very thrifty, and I've become even more thriftier than ever. Uh, not to the point of being a cheapskate, of course, but I've become more thriftier and I've become more resourceful now than ever. Uh, I'm reaching 13 years in the same building, in the same place, uh, the same area, uh, 27 years plus overall in the same area overall uh, where I'm located. Um, I, have, I have paid my dues and then some. I say about the place that I live. It's like Shawshank State Prison, and I'm Andy Dufresne, and I'm going to have my moment where if you've seen the movie at the end when he crawls through the fields, the football fields of shit in the underground tunnel, when he makes his escape, you know, spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie, you know, he does the whole like screaming up to the heavens, you know, he's free, and he walked away clean and spick and span, you know, just completely a brand new man while having walked away from that nightmare of a prison. And that's the way I look at myself with the situation. It's mind over matter. I don't mind that this place doesn't matter. And I am already like my body may be here, but my my 
everything else about me is outside and free and enjoying life and getting into the next stage of my life and really starting my life at that point. And uh, that's how I look at myself in the way that I would rather live in a rundown building and survive it the way that I have and take care of all the issues and problems, you know, everything from, you know, mice to bed bugs to roaches to the bugs to the people, the the, the, the drunks, the, um, the loud, overly obnoxious music from drunks, from the crackheads, you know, almost killing somebody. I will get to that story at some point, you know, and just keeping a low profile and not uh, interacting with some of the riffraff in the building and some of the uh, just keeping it like very simple and very low profile, get your business done, fix up your life, fix up your businesses and get the hell out. And that's how I'm looking at it. And uh, I've had a few friends in this place and this building that I'm speaking about and they have moved on to better and bigger things. And I'm so very happy and proud for them. But they had been here for a long, long time and saw how it had gone down um, in terms of, of living and, um, you know, lack of care and lack of, you know, empathy or sympathy for the people that, um, live in the building. And, uh, of course, um, that's going to be me next. I will be the next one to leave and I cannot wait for that moment. And of course I've been able to bring this show to you despite my environment where I'm still at after 13 years. And it's funny because some of my best work and some of my biggest accomplishments and some of the most, you know, standout moments in my life over the last 13 years have happened while living here. So I've been able to make the best of it. And I always encourage people that no matter how bad things could get, it could always get worse. Try to make the best of what you have. Make the best out of the scrap metal you have and turn it into a car, turn it into a house, turn it into something. You know, so I've done my I've done my um I've done my due diligence here. I'm hoping that once this pandemic is lifted, that I could finally have my Andy Dufresne, Shawshank, escape from Shawshank moment, and I could finally get out of here and enjoy my life once and for all the way that I've always imagined that I would. And uh, nobody could ever say I didn't pay my dues. I'm from the hood. I live in the hood. I'm getting out of the hood, which is the ultimate goal. It's just taken me a little bit longer than usual because of where I came from and what had happened with me in my uh, course of the last 15 years or so. Stories that I will eventually get to, but I would definitely choose to live in a rundown apartment because I know I can make the best of that. Living with people that... You know, it could be a nice, beautiful home, like I've experienced. It could be a nice, beautiful home, whether it be house or apartment, but you could have some of the worst and ugliest and most just low-rent, low-brow, disgusting people that just treat you badly and don't give a fuck about you. And I know what that's like. And you'd be surprised that a lot of it came from quote-unquote family. And I know that that's not where I want to be. I would never allow myself to ever be put into that vulnerable state again because I have helped everybody. I have helped everyone. I've provided for everyone and it never was reciprocated. I never was even asked if I was okay or if I needed help or anything. So I would know uh, that I would know from now on not to trust those people, obviously, and never to basically speak to any of those people again. I'm always a strong believer in karma, which you you may or may not have heard me say this before in some of the other shows, including this one, but I'm a strong believer in karma. You treat me badly, you will be treated badly ultimately at the end of the day when the the time comes, uh, whether it's not from me uh, representing that karma for you, the bad person, or the karma itself will get you. 
you know, you should never take something good for granted. And there it is. So I would choose to um, not associate with any bad people because I don't know what it's, it, 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 what you get from treating a good person bad, but all you're looking for is your trouble as a person. And when the casket drops, it's not about your, you know, your materialistic shit, you know, how much money you made, what your status job was, if you're a doctor or you're a computer guy or you're, you're a pharmacist or whatever the case may be, or what, how much, you know, junk food you have in your house or how much cool little shit you have or how much money you pay for tickets for something or, you know, you know, how much of a good life you really did have while you're acting like you're a victim. At the end of the day, you can't take any of that shit with you. It's how you treated people. It's how you had respect for yourself. And if you don't have respect for yourself, you're not going to have respect for anyone else. It's how you were to yourself and how you were as a stand-up man or woman. And how did you treat people? What was your legacy? What was that 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 moment in between from, from uh, being born to dying? What was your legacy? How were you to people? How were you as a person? And those people who have treated me badly, they still have hell to look forward to. And I could easily get any of them if I want to. I can be vicious and vindictive, and I can also be very, very, very vengeful. And I've learned in my older years, I've got nothing to lose if I was to be that way. But at the same time, I always say, karma gets everybody, and it will get everybody. It will get everybody. And those bad people, trust me, they won't last long. I always say that I will outlive my enemies, and I will, and I have so far. And I will always live a better life than my enemies because I don't need to be rich in money. I can just be rich and wealthy and everything else that makes me a well-rounded, good person. And that's all that it's about, is being a good person. Because again, when the casket drops, people will remember you for how you were to them and how wonderful of a gentleman or a lady and how real and raw and how uncut and uncensored like this show and how just, you know, you were non-manipulative, you were not gaslighting anybody, you were not blaming everybody for your mistakes, you weren't a child, you know, you weren't, you know, going and fucking everybody in sight and blaming everybody else for why you were, you turned yourself into a whore or whatever the case may be. You know, it is what it is. You are responsible for your own actions and your own words and your own actions at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how much you try to gaslight, aka project your behavior onto someone. You are ultimately responsible for everything that you do to a person or people. I know too many bad people, in particular in Trinidad, for example, and here in Toronto, that have treated me so badly that they just continue to treat me badly, or at least try to, and I bring the fight to them, to their front door, so to speak, and they continue to lose everything around them and lose everyone around them, and they just don't know how to appreciate anything. And it continues to happen to this very moment, this very day as I'm recording and telling you all this. It is what it is. You don't have people who are going to ever last and stay around forever. I know we always have that question in our head and our hearts like, why is it that this person has to go through this when they're such a good person and this bad person is still around and this past, this person is still, you know, passing as a, as a, as a human being on this planet when they're just the most evil person, period. Well, guess what? 
Don't be surprised if you get a call that that bad person has died and they're gone and nobody gives a fuck if they're dead and everyone's like good, they're not good people. You know, don't be surprised if you hear that something bad happened to them and they suffer through the rest of their life or, or you know, whatever the case may be. Because that is the way that God or any, any God, race, color, creed or religion that you are, karma gets everyone. Nobody can be not touched. You know, especially bad people, they will always get it worse because they were just that. They were bad people. So don't worry. I mean, they make co- they make all kinds of comments and karma, karma memes about this. You know, karma might let you just watch or it might be you that's behind the karma that's giving and delivering that karma to someone's front door. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's up to you. I mean, you could always take the high road and not get down that 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 path, but it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, karma will get everybody who's treated you badly. You know what I mean? So it is what it is. I would definitely live in a rundown place as long as I know that I can be resourceful and I can fix it up and make it the best that I can make it and fix myself up first and foremost, while at the same time fixing my living space. Make the I mean, you know, like I I come from again, I come from from nothing, living just above the poverty line. I know what it's like to be homeless. I mean, I had no home at one point, and I know what it's like to be you know, in the struggle, in the shit, because I come from the battle, I come from the war in the streets, I come from that, and I know what it's like to live with the rats, the roaches, the mice, the the bed bugs, you know, the bugs, the bad people, the drugs, the drug users, the, the, the just the riffraff, the, the arrogant, just nonsensical, idiotic people that I've had to deal with throughout my life, whether it be family, it's mostly been family, or it's been, you know, family, friends, or whatever the case may be. I know what it's like to deal with some of these morons. And at the end of the day, you know, you could have all this education and all this money in one room, but no ounce of common sense or not one genuine, not one genuine real legitimate loving bone in your body those people get taken out immediately or over the course of time and i've seen it and i'm still seeing it to this day you know what i mean so it's about how you treat people treat people with respect with love with dignity and don't go out of your way to hurt and harm people if you turn on somebody when they're helping you and you turn on them all the time You as a person have to realize that that person's way too toxic for their own good and they're not going to last very long. They're not going to be here any much longer. They're almost here to just wait so that the devil or God or somebody could take them. But usually it's the devil that will take them. It is what it is. You know what I mean? So I know what I would choose when it comes to this question. I know what I know a lot of you would choose. Uh, You know, I can tolerate bad treatment, but only to the point where I'm going to fight back anything short of killing somebody i would rather just remove myself from that vulnerability state and remove myself from harming and hurting somebody because i've always said i'm not afraid of anyone i'm not afraid of anything i'm afraid of what i'll do to somebody especially if they hurt me so i'm removing myself from them because they should be lucky that they're even breathing because if i was allowing myself to revert back to how i used to be where it was all violence because I come from a violent environment, a violent background. You know, you talk after if there's anything to talk about, if that person's still alive. Now, mind you, I've never killed anybody. I've always had, 
you know, those moments where it was just, it, it was just so difficult to not, you know, take somebody out. But at the end of the day, you know, discretion was always the better part of valor for me, thankfully. And uh, again, one incident that I will talk about and tell you all about at some point throughout the existence of this show and other shows, I have always been the smarter person to try to take the high road, but I've always made sure that I just gave that little, um, that little verbal shank or that little um, knockout punch verbally to whoever I'm dealing with to make them realize that you shouldn't have fucked with me and you will pay dearly for hurting me and harming me and going out of your way to disrespect me and to disregard my feelings and disregard dis, dis, discard my feelings and my uh, my love and passion for you as a person and trying to be good to you well you're just going to be terrible to me you will regret it you will regret it so it is what it is um you know it 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 it's not um something that it's not something that uh, you have to worry too much about dealing with when it comes to people. You will be dealing with them uh, by way of just seeing them, uh, and you could you'll be stronger as a person, and you can handle your business. And uh, or it could be karma that takes them out or deals with them in another way. But trust me, they will always get theirs. They will always get theirs. And it is what it is. It will never, ever, ever be anything different. Karma gets everybody who is bad. So don't worry about that. So anyway, having said that, I want to get into the food for thought real quick. Um, Like I said, this is going to be a bit of a shorter uh, part of this show, a short part of the segment that I just wanted to get to. Uh, I was watching the... uh, the uh, Joe Rogan experience on YouTube. I was watching the episode uh, from a few days ago, um, about five days ago. Well, yeah, about, um, excuse me, it was about eight days ago. It was on November 20th. It was Dave Chappelle actually joined Donnell Rollins and Joe Rogan doing, during, um, I would say, like the last hour of a three-hour interview. It, was, it started off with Joe and Donnell, and they were talking, and it was a very interesting conversation. But uh, there was a point where uh, Dave Chappelle had joined the show, and he talked about how, and he he really put it into perspective. Speaking of the pandemic from earlier in the show, um, he really put into perspective how this pandemic really, uh, like, it really was frightening and really surreal when you think about it, because he said he had gone from doing like a couple of tour, a couple city tour. Uh, with Donnell, and you you went from you know getting hugs from people and shaking people's hands to it then being you know when he gets off the stage people are very very like preoccupied with what's going on in the news and looking at their phones a little bit longer and a little bit more than usual and the chitter chatter and just everything again I'm paraphrasing here with what uh, Dave Chappelle said but you're hearing you're seeing this sort of turn and how things changed because I remember too, I went out for one of my best friends, um, uh, dinner, uh, birthday dinner, um, at our, at a restaurant downtown in Toronto. And this was just, this was about basically the week that, uh, a week or so before the actual pandemic had really, really hit hard. 
and the city and the country and all over the world. And I remember we going from, you know, sitting there with a bunch of us and listening to music and eating Mexican food. And here we, we have all of a sudden the whole city is on lockdown and shutdown. And now all of a sudden a pandemic has hit it's worldwide. And, you know, you go from, you know, lively, vibrant environments to then a ghost town. And the way that Dave, like, you got to check it out. Check out Joe Rogan's experience from November uh, 20th and his interview with Donna Rollins. And check the the whole interview. It's a very interesting, entertaining interview. Uh, You know, Donna Rollins is always funny. But it was good to see him have a normal kind of conversation with Joe. But when Dave gets on there, Dave Chappelle gets on there and he talks about, you know, just putting into perspective of how things uh, turned out to be, you know, this pandemic and just everything about it. It was very interesting, very, very interesting to get Dave Chappelle's perspective on everything and the way he put everything into respect, into interest um, with this uh, how everything sort of went from literally vibrancy to ghost town and hopefully we can get over this soon and we can get back to some form of normalcy eventually um again where it's just it's not looking good with certain numbers and certain news reports and certain things that we're seeing we've gone backwards on phases we've gone back to certain protocols that were loosened up a little bit but you know let's hear is hoping that in 2021 you know, we'll be pandemic free and we can go back to living the lives that we always hoped and imagined for and reaching goals and aspirations once that we're able to finally move around and take care of business on a full scale level once again. But having said that, that's it for me, ladies and gentlemen. I am done. This is our fifth week of TFE Radio, the network, our fifth week of TFE Radio Uncut and Uncensored. If you would like to donate, you could, once again, you could use the Amazon Audible Trial unique URL, the www.audibletrial.com slash TFE. Get yourself a free audio download book, as you heard in the commercials throughout the show. You get to keep the audio book, whether you keep the service after the 30 days or not. And we still get a kickback regardless because you helped us out using our unique URL. And of course, you could use our PayPal, our www.paypal.me slash TFE Navarro. That's TFE N A V A R R O. And the money will go directly to me without any issues. And I will then take care of uh, using that money for all things equipment, all things merchandise, all types of things to help the show, help the network of all the other shows, you know, help the company itself because we are funded by you, the people. I'm not going with no sucker plan trying to get somebody to invest and then they take over everything of my work and other people's work. No, thank you. Not with it, especially now. Um, And you can join us on social media at TFE Navarro. Again, it's TFE and A-V-A-R-R-O on social media on Uh, TFE Navarro on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. You could join my company at itsmyurls.com slash TFE Worldwide. That's everything TFE online, including TFE Worldwide on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TFE The Franchise Entertainment on LinkedIn. And of course, you can like, share, subscribe, download the show over our 60 plus platforms. I was going to tell you uh, what I had mentioned last week is that we are in fact uh, on Amazon Music. We are partially on there with the countries that 
excuse me, uh, I have to clear my screen here. Uh, we are partially on Amazon Music right now. Um, well, we are on Amazon Music, but I say partially because we're on the podcasting side of Amazon Music, which is wonderful. We have hit six countries so far that uh, Amazon Music is available. Right now, Canada is being worked on. For those of you who are Canadian listeners and Canadian podcasters, I have been in close contact with Amazon Music and they've been wonderful to me. Shout out to them. They've given me nothing but answers and clear-cut help. No issues and no fuckery like a lot like how Pandora did with me and Tidal. Uh, they need to get their shit together, but Amazon Music has been nothing but wonderful to me. Thank you for your all your help and your support, and thank you for giving me this updated list of where we are available. Of course, if you're in Canada, you cannot uh, get these um, these these uh, these shows under the TFE Radio Network unless you're in these following countries. We are in six countries right now. And hopefully adding more soon. Again, I've asked for a updated list as more countries become available where Amazon Music will be accessible. We are in the United States. We are on the United States. We're in United Kingdom. We're in Germany. We're in Japan. We're in Mexico. And we're in Brazil. There will be more countries added soon. We are excited to be a part of Amazon Music and the podcast platform that they've now provided for us podcasters. It's just onwards and upwards, and it's another huge platform that we are a part of. Thank goodness that we are distributed through everywhere, including iHeart, Spotify, Anchor, which is our main uh, distribution feed. Uh, We are all over the place. We're all over the internet. We're all over on your podcasting apps, your podcasting websites. We are everywhere. Tune in, Stitcher. you know, we're on YouTube, we're everywhere. So thank you for everyone that has joined us. And now you can add, if you check my social media, or you could just look uh, for TFE Radio or TFE um, and the podcasting uh, side of things on Amazon Music. If you're in the United States, UK, Germany, Japan, Mexico, and Brazil, you could look for TFE Radio or TFE and you could find us. Uh, and you can subscribe to us and listen to us through Amazon Music. And of course, again, if you're in any other country right now, please stay tuned, stay patient. Uh, you will listen to us eventually once your country has been added, including Canada, through Amazon Music. But you still have 60 other platforms that you can listen to us. And thank you all to has been listening. And that's it. Thank you once again. I am your humble host and narrator, James Strength Navarro. I have to get to some other recordings of TFE Radio Trinidad and TFE Radio Wrestling. Uh, There's a lot more to talk about on those shows. But thank you once again. And thank you. We are once again on Amazon Music. That is the announcement of the newest, biggest platform that we're on. And of course, once again, we're in the United States, United Kingdom, Germany, Japan, Mexico, and Brazil through the way of Amazon Music, but we are worldwide regardless of uh, where we're at right now with Amazon Music and their soon-to-be-added countries. We are all over the world. At the end of the day, we are worldwide. We are a worldwide TFE radio network now, so... 
Thank you to everybody. Please join us here once again uh, for the TFE Radio Trinidad. If you choose to listen to that show, that's all things Trinidad and Tobago. And, of course, TFE Radio Wrestling. If you are a wrestling fan, thank you very much. Or if you just want to listen to us once again and on Cut and Uncensored, we'll be back here next Saturday for more, as I'm sure there's going to be a lot more happening in the next coming week or so. So thank you once again. I cannot thank you and stress that thank you enough. Bye for now, everybody.